1: Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad podcast with Chris Finn, a production of P4S Golf. Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad. My name is Chris Finn. I'm your host, and I'm here with the Director of Research here at P4S Golf, Bobby Pringle. Bobby, how are you today?
2: Uh, We're doing great. It's uh, looking like fall, getting a little crisp, a little cool, perfect golf weather.
1: It is good golf weather. And I think, you know, obviously the big reason we're here today is to talk about the three different profiles of golfers. Uh, each golfer has their own struggle in different weather, particularly the cold. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously the, the name of our podcast here is, the, the bomb squad. Right. Uh-huh. And so I think a lot of that honestly comes from the three profiles of golfers and, uh, in particular the most popular one. But why don't you, let's start with the least popular. All right. Uh, we know that 9.5 out of 10 of the people listening right now. So for every 10 people listening, nine and a half of you are in the, the last, uh, I guess, category of golfer. So stay tuned for that. But let's start with the unicorns. Uh, you know, basically what are the profiles like for everybody listening? Like, let's go. What, what is the, you know, what are the three profiles mm-hmm. who tends to fall in them? Like, why do we even care?
2: Yep. So let's start with what are the, f- the three profiles, right? So the first profile, this is going to be the least common. All right. If you listening to this, um, getting some information on this for the first time, this is most likely not you. Okay. So this would be, but
1: aspirationally
2: it could be, it could be, but it's not you right now. (laughs) So this is the golfer that has more speed available to them because they're so physically dominant that they're not maxing out their body's speed potential. Okay. So we kind of jokingly call this like a more RPMs under the hood golfer. I like to make car analogies. So imagine it's, you know, a teenager, they're just learning how to drive and you just chucked him in a Formula One race car. That's the type of golfer we're talking about
1: here. Only good things could happen.
2: Only good things. You're not going to crash and burn into the wall.
1: No. But thinking back to me as a 16 year old (laughs) driving, I would definitely not have done anything stupid in that car.
2: Yep. (laughs) So that's going to be the least common prototype that we see. All right. The next least common, if you will, is going to be our balanced golfer. So that's someone that when we take them through our assessment, their physical characteristics are going to match their golf swing speed outputs. All right. So that's going to be a decent number of people. Mm -hmm. That's probably going to be the second least common though. All right. Now the most common type, and this is the one that we see all the time. We get phone calls, we get emails, we get people knocking down our door because they're in this category is the ticking time bomb or worse yet the exploded time bomb.
1: <laughs> we didn't get, it. we weren't able to defuse you quick enough. The bomb squad failed, right? So now we become the duct tape, put you back together. Crew,
2: we, we are trying to bring up the pieces and put it back together. Mm-hmm. Right? So the ticking time bomb is someone who is putting more out on the golf course than really what their body is able to handle. All
1: right. So this is anybody who's listening right now. Your back hurts, your elbow hurts, your knee, knee hurts, your shoulder hurts. Any of the anything on your body hurts, um, and I would like, add, like it what, how would you categorize it? It doesn't have mm-hmm. to
2: hurt. It can be sore. It can be stiff. It can be achy. That's the whole point of the ticking time bomb, right? It's you've got this problem that you're probably ignoring. Mm-hmm. You're probably saying, "Oh, this isn't really an issue," but we don't want you to become that ticked, exploded time bomb where, okay, yeah, you're literally in so much back pain you can't play anymore. Right. right? So is
1: this. So if you're popping Advil. Is yes. uh, icy I hot. Icy see, I see hot. The what are what are the other patches and uh just
2: wearing you know compression sleeves, uh, the, and uh, knee the
1: braces. You are taping up your shoulders or you're, yeah. If you you're, look uh, like
2: a rainbow with the kinesio <laughs> tape all
1: over your body, right? Yeah. 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 So any if that sounds like anyone of listening right now, you are probably a ticking time bomb. If you are already in pain or like uh, I always hear like particularly getting in the fall, you have like member guests, or in yep. the spring there is a lot of member guests, member member events, club, club championships. championships. Uh, multiple day events, right? Yep. Uh, summertime, we hear about like golf trips, yep. right? And you're playing multiple days. So, if somebody is like concerned about their ability to play multiple days in a row, mm-hmm. um, that's they're in this category as well. Oh, right?
2: absolutely, <clears throat> yep. So, again, if you're kind of going, "Man, I, I just played yesterday. I'm waking up. I'm kind of sore. I'm kind of achy." You're taking time bomb, right? Let's let's not wait until you explode to get things fixed.
1: Okay. So I think at this point, so we have so we have three categories. We have more RPMs under the hood. Yep. We have a balanced golfer. Uh, both of those are less than 10% of people listening right now. Yep. And then we have the ticking time bomb <laughs> or the exploded time bomb, which is going to make up the majority of people. Now, how do we, take me through and, and everybody listening, how do we figure out, like somebody listening right now, how do they figure out which one they are? If they're not necessarily hurting, right? Right. Because if you're hurting, you're already, you're exploded. So we already know which category you're in. Yeah. But if that's not the case, how does somebody and this is I find the case a lot of times, you know, the 30 to 45, 50 year old. Yep. I fall in that category. (laughs) We we both do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You can kind of get through it or you may feel okay. Like like how does somebody go ahead and like or even junior golfers, like how do they understand and figure out which category they fit in?
2: Right. So these categories are based off of again, go back to some of our previous episodes, we talk about the history of our assessment, right? So in this, in the beginning, we took a whole bunch of data from every single person we worked with, and we tried to whittle it down to what actually matters. That's where the home assessment comes in, right? And if you're listening and you're like, I don't really know, I, I think I might be balanced or I might be this ticking time bomb that they're talking about. That's where we're going to start is the home assessment. Sure.
1: We can put that home assessment link in the, uh, in the show notes too here yep, everybody, but okay. So home assessment, what is in the home assessment? So it's
2: all of our important rotational center flexibility tests. All right. So we talked about the four ro- rotary centers in the golf swing. That's going to be your neck, your trunk, your shoulders and your hips, All right. We want to assess those and make sure that you can move enough to do a good, fast, efficient golf swing.
1: And explain like what sort of like, how do we use our hips in the, in the swing? Like at what point would we notice a limitation in our hips, our shoulder, um, you know, trunk? Um,
2: (laughs) There's going to be a bunch of different variations on that. I would say the most common ones that we see, obviously, if if your back is a little bit sore, right? Then Mm -hmm. that's immediately telling us there's a restriction somewhere Um, in the golf swing. You know your low back is not really supposed to move a whole bunch, right? Especially rotationally. Um, so if it's
1: doing too much, oh, is it's like less than ten degrees of total rotation. In I your think entire it's, lumbar, yeah, pretty much. Yes.
2: Yep. Um, so if you're waking up the next day after so, a round so of for, golf, so for everyone listening,
1: <laughs> when you see the guys on TV and, and particularly LPGA girls, and they have like over, you know, the, the announcers will say, "Hey, look at that! He's got like a hundred plus degrees of total shoulder rotation, right at the top of their backswing." Mm-hmm. Less than 10 of that should come from your low back, your lumbar, right? Right. Everything else should come from those four rotary centers. Exactly. And unfortunately, the low back attempts to help when it's not designed to. And that's where we run into issues. Absolutely. So so hips is basically like when you rotate into your trail swing and rotate through your follow-through. That's internal rotation. And
2: the the key is rotate there, right? Yes. Watching people on the range the other day, there was a lot of side to side motion, not a whole gotcha. lot of rotation.
1: So introduce. So if you can't rotate, if you guys have ever videoed yourselves, if there's a lot of sliding and swaying, you know, forward and backwards, mm-hmm. uh, what are other signs that people will see I, the not, most, that they're not rotating?
2: The most common one that people talk about is just, you know, a generic term coming over the top, mm-hmm. right? So if you take the club back and you're trying to stay on plane or whatever term you want to use for it, right? And you're flinging the club like you're going fly fishing <laughs> rather than playing golf. That's the most common one. And, and that's just a huge compensation that we see when people can't use those four rotary centers.
1: Gotcha. And then is there a, just for everyone listening, a particular hip or shoulder that's more important than the other? Mm-hmm. Um, one that may cause more challenge for somebody if it's not working?
2: Yeah. So think of it like a crisscross pattern. So if you're a right-handed golfer, it's going to be your right shoulder and your left hip. That's the most important.
1: And for and so that's left hip being able to clear through the golf ball, right? Yep. Through impact. And then if you're lefty, obviously it'd be flipped. So it'd be your right. right hip clearing through your right. Now why the right shoulder? What does that allow you know a golfer to do or what they should be doing?
2: Yep. So going back to that over the top concept, right? If your shoulder is really limited, mm-hmm. um, then it's gonna be very, very difficult, almost impossible to keep the club on plane. Yep. Um, arm speed, very, very important for the golf swing. All right. And if you can't get your arm in the right position and kind of fling that club through, you're going to be slow and it's not going to look pretty. Got
1: it. And so an external rotation in the shoulder that we're looking for, I think visually always helps me think of like a quarterback at the right at the back of his kind of cocking his arm backwards, a pitcher kind of same thing where you see that, that forearm kind of rotated back. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so obviously you can't do that in the golf swing. Yeah tough to shallow it out as they say
2: i'm surprised as a giants fan that you use the quarterback analogy. oh
1: boy here we go for everyone listening bobby's a cowboys fan i am not i'm i am a new york giants fan and uh let's just say it's been a rough decade for uh for me and i have to listen to him every time we play it was a bold strategy going with quarterback there that's all i'm gonna say okay
0: getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers
1: to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer
2: valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
1: All right, moving on now for those listening. (laughs) Let's get to something that's actually helpful for them, Bobby. Um, So now, so if you can't rotate in any of those four, you fail the the home assessment, which we'll have the link for in the, in the show notes here, so you guys can actually go and take it. It's free. Mm-hmm. It takes what less than five minutes. You can do it online. Yep. So you go take they go take the assessment. Let's say they pass all of those rotary centers. Yeah. Can they still be a ticking time bomb?
2: Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's where we don't want. So kind of think of it like a little stepwise tree, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you fail the rotary centers.
1: Go no further.
2: Go no further. You're <laughs> Nothing done. else matters, right? <laughs> you're you're done. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Uh, go straight to getting some help fixing those rotary centers. Okay. Now, even if you do pass, and this is what happens with a lot of our junior players, right? Mm-hmm. Our middle schoolers, our high schoolers, and even some of our collegiate players. We see it with women
1: too, even especially adult yeah.
2: especially yeah. the ladies who are a bit more flexible yep. than us guys, mm-hmm. yep. right? Um, if you pass all four rotational centers. The next thing you need to check is you need to check that your strength and power matches your speed. Okay. So what the heck does that mean?
1: That was going to be my question. Perfect. (laughs) And Um, I'm pretty sure everyone else listening was like, (laughs) wow, that's great, Bobby. What the heck does that mean? What does that mean?
2: So there's a couple of tests that we use that our data shows not only really relates to speed and your ability to increase your speed, but if you're under certain thresholds, then you're a lot more likely to get injured. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's interesting with this is different moves are important for different people. Okay. Right. So talk about that, you know, middle school, high school, college female, Mm -hmm. right? She is going to need a different level of strength in key areas than let's say our 50 year old country club guy. Okay. All right. So there's a little bit of nuance there but it's important to assess how strong your upper body is and how strong your lower body is.
1: And I think the, and then obviously we're comparing that to club head speeds. And that's Mm -hmm. like one of the cool things that, um, you know, hopefully we'll be presenting at the world scientific golf conference of, what are the normative values? That's one of the things we've been able to establish is Mm -hmm. what are the normative values for uh, that 50 year old golfer versus the, you know, 16 year old, Junior girl golfer, right? right. I think in the past, what frustrated me when I started was everybody was comparing everyone and their mother to Tiger Woods and like the, like PGA Tour players. Like, and- oh, PGA Tour average is like. I remember doing an evaluation <laughs> with like a sixty five year old guy, and he's like, he's like, "Well, is that good?" I'm like, "Well, PGA Tour average is like twenty miles an hour faster." So I don't know. I guess that's not terrible. Like, there was no there was no data. There was no information of like what's good for me. Right. right at my stage and mm-hmm. I think that's the cool thing of with the database of you know 10,000 people that we have at this point that we're able to actually to give everybody listening here you can actually figure out like what is good for you at your age you know based on age sex you know and on all that sort of kind of demographic information right and that's what then we matters that you can compare to percentile wise relative to your you know your strength and and even mobility changes right right you know I mean obviously mm-hmm. I expect to 13 year old girl to move a little bit more than my 85 year old guy right right like, like I'm not, I, mean, I don't expect them to have the same normative <laughs> values I expect them both to have mobility right but to varying degrees and then I think also the interesting thing that you found in a lot of the research has been the the difference in mobility requirements and strength requirements based on how fast people want to go exactly I think that's always been one of the interesting things to me maybe you can expand on it is like people are like, oh yeah I want to swing 100, 100 miles an hour or 120 you know, miles an hour Kyle wants, I want to swing 170. Right. Right. Like there's, right. like there's, there's, there's levels to this. There's different levels. Like what are the, how, how important is more mobility as you try to go faster and, and why is that so?
2: Well, so it, kind of going back to the, the three profiles, right. It mobility is that first key step, right. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, then it really nothing else matters, right. right? It does not matter how strong you are. Um, it does not matter how powerful you are. Something is is going to go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And this is what's really interesting, you know, just going to the the driving range of a world-long drive contest, right? All of these guys and gals are, are really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all strong, yeah. right? They're all powerful. The ones who consistently do the best are the ones that have the best mobility, mm-hmm. right? What's really interesting, and not to get too data and nerdy for everybody and, again, put people to sleep, <laughs> which is you know, my specialty. Uh, But basically, you know, that mobility is going to set you up to be more consistent with your golf swing. It's going to help you get the club back further, which is going to help create more speed, Mm -hmm. but it's going to help you get the club back further with better form. Right. right? More efficiency. Exactly. Right. Right? And more club face control. Right. I hear
1: that. I hear that's important. It is
2: right. (laughs) You just play around to golf (laughs) with me and you'll see. All right. (laughs) So, that flexibility, you know, getting more is going to help you with that aspect. It might not necessarily help you get directly more speed, but it's going to help you use that speed in a better way.
1: Got it. And also, then just longevity, injury prevention, exactly. all those sorts of right. things, right? That's the next step to it, right? You look at
2: that world long drive range. If you're to come back five years later, how many of those folks are still going to be competing? It's going to be the ones that have good flexibility. That t- keep them out of that ticking time bomb equation, right? Right. That are going to continue to be there year in and year
1: out. Hundred percent. So, all right. So, I think we've covered pretty comprehensively what the ticking time bomb is. Uh-huh. You're, either you're, you're not you're going to fail one of the rotary centers. If yep. you do pass one of the rotary centers, then you're going to be pass all of the rotary. Or, sorry, centers. If pass, sorry, key. Key, key. Key, sorry, if you do pass. Sorry, sorry. If you do pass all of the rotary centers, you don't just get to pass uh, one yeah. and move on. It's <laughs> so all so four you got to pass one. all four. You pass all four rotary centers then now you have to then go look at your strength and your power and make yep. sure that those are equivalent or greater than your actual club head speed for your age. Right. Yes. Yeah, so now it. let's go, let's graduate. Cause that's our goal with everybody is that we graduate from a ticking time bomb. Uh-huh. We prevent the explosion or if you already exploded, We put you back together, together. we fix what caused you to explode better than they were right (laughs) Right. now. What's, what, how do we graduate to the next, what's the next level? How do we graduate to those next two levels?
2: So this is where the majority of the balanced golfers that we see are the folks that have been working with us for some time. Right. Okay. They're people who've gotten their flexibility better and they're simultaneously doing some strength and power work. Mm -hmm. It's never wrong doing some more of that stuff. Right then they get to the point where their speed outputs are matching what physically they can do, and which how, is a good
1: place and, to be. And if you just say, obviously that it's going to vary in terms of how long it takes for people to get there. Mm-hmm. Some people get there, you know, a couple months, some people it takes a year. Like what's, what would you say average and does it change based on age or is it just totally variable for people to get to this point?
2: So the, the number one thing that I've seen it, you know, will cut down the time to get you from a ticking time bomb to a balanced golfer is how long have you been training for? And by training, I mean doing strength exercises, Mm -hmm. doing power exercises, right? A lot of times, if people come in with a good base of that type of work, Mm -hmm. then it's really about, okay, over the next, let's say four to six weeks, really need to work on your soft tissue work. We need to get your body to learn how to move rotationally. Mm -hmm. Boom, now you're a balanced golfer, Got it. For those folks who don't have any exercise backgrounds, it's going to take them a, a bit it's longer. Probably, to get probably
1: there. a lot of the people listening right exactly. now a, golfers. We are not known for being gym rats.
2: If, if your exercise routine is, you know, walking the dog twice a day for 20 minutes, <laughs> that is not strength training. <laughs> Correct. Right. It is going to take you a long time to be able to get to that balance level.
1: I literally just had this conversation with my wife. We were away for our, uh, anniversary weekend. We were, we were walking on a trail and, uh, and she was talking about how, you know, for years as a woman, like, she just would go to the gym and run. And she thought cardio was the key. Right. So she had knee issues and hip issues. And she was talking how she's finally started working out. And, like, the last year she's been consistent with it. She's like, it's amazing. I, like, I am can run. and I don't have pain. And, like, and we saw this this girl running down, like, clearly does not strength train. Her knees are, like, touching each other when she oh, hits yeah. the ground. Like, when she, like, totally valgus for any of you PTs or... People who know what that means, I say the knees go go bow inwards, and you like can just foot is yeah. Hear people smacking. Oh around. God! And and my and my wife, who's not a PT, not like she's like <laughs> she goes, oh my God, that girl is gonna hurt so bad in the next five years. Like she already was picking like a ticking time bomb in the running world, but right, it's so kind of counterintuitive for you know, particularly for women, but also just I think the the senior golfer, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the age that people came up in. But for kids now, it's kind of like. Second nature. Like, oh, you play a sport, you probably should do some training, Yeah, you've, right? you've got to do some type right? of training. But if you're over the age of 40, like, or even, I mean, it wasn't even like mainstream shoot when I started 10 years ago for yeah. golfers to think about strength training, oh, right? yeah. And so it, it definitely is a, a mind shift of like, hey, I have to get stronger in the strong. Mm-hmm. I always use the analogy of mobility is what kind of will allow you to get the tissue work to get from point A to point B so that you can actually like move through the motion. Right. But your strength training is like putting the armor before you on before you go into battle. Yeah. And the stronger you are, the thicker the armor. And mm-hmm. so I tell like I, I took my son to the gym. He's ten. He wants to like start. So we're doing some plyos. He's in the car on like first workout. Yeah. And he goes, goes, damn, my legs are bulging. Right. <laughs> and so like like first workout, like I, I would I would equate that to like he's going to battle with a t shirt on. Right. Right. Like at least he has a shirt on, but like it's not really going to do anything. Right. That's not going to do anything. But that's where I think the repeated working starts to get that to maybe a leather armor and then maybe mm-hmm. to metal and then you get to Teflon. And, right. And now you get an, an anti air defense system where you can really like fight off right a lot of injury and whatnot. So it does take time hundred uh, yeah. percent. So, so now, all right. So now we know how to go from ticking time bomb, yep, uh, which is basically just don't do anything in your ticking time bomb properly. Uh-huh. Now we get mobility, we start getting stronger, you know, if you've already had training and it's really just the mobility that's holding you back, that's pretty quick—four or six weeks. Right. If you're somebody who has done nothing and has no strength training background, and made, it's going to take you a couple more months. Yeah. And you get to this balance point. Now what?
2: I, uh, you know, honestly, this is where I again go back to that more RPMs under the hood golfer. That's a very, very small percentage of people. And what's interesting is there's maybe been two or three times that I've seen someone go from balanced to more RPMs under the hood. If you're playing golf, if you're doing the right things, you're most likely going to just kind of raise all of your levels simultaneously, okay? The only times I've really seen these more RPM under the hood golfers is people who are new to golf, but have a really, really long history of, let's say other speed and power sports or a lot of lifting background, okay? So say someone's coming from a powerlifting background and they've competed, right? They're super strong, you know, deadlifting 500 pounds for a guy, something like that. Right. Then they go, Oh, Hey, I'm kind of done with this. I'm going to try golf. Mm -hmm. Right. That's going to be someone whose power outputs are just so much bigger than what they even know how to do with a golf club. Right. Right. Or I think one of the funniest stories is, um, you know, our in-house director, Alex Shirazi. Right he was a pitcher in college and this was the first time he picked up a golf club and we had him swing a driver and I had to double check that the launch monitor was correct. Right. Cause it was over 125 miles an hour. Yeah. Right. And it, this is a guy who played baseball growing yeah. up. He's just fast and yeah. he's got a long lifting history. He's a strong guy too. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if you take him through the power test, he'd probably swing 130. Right. If he knew what he was doing with yeah. his body. Right? Exactly. So it, what I've seen is really, you know, for those people who are in that ticking time bomb, it's it just takes consistency and it takes the right plan to get you to a balanced golfer. Right. Once you're there, let's just keep being balanced, and you can keep making progress for,
1: for who years. knows how long. Yeah. And I think that's to me where long that's where longevity comes. So for everybody listening, the goal is to get from ticking time bomb to balanced. Yep. And I think that is where the true safe speed gains can occur. I mean, yes. And we talk about this all the time. Of there's all these speed train devices. And the unfortunate thing is because most people listening are ticking time bombs, we look for that, you know, get rich quick scheme of yeah. get fast quick, you know? Oh, and so we go do, do right. We go do speed training, whatever the system may be. And we get hurt because you, we don't have that mobility. And we, we expedite how quickly the, um, you know, basically the explosion occurs from the ticking time bomb. So I think the takeaway from all this, Bobby, that I'm hearing is, Three stages, you got ticking time bomb, balance call for more RPMs under the hood. Yep. Pretty much everyone listening can disregard more RPMs under the hood. It's probably not you, sorry. <laughs> um, most of us are gonna be in that ticking time bomb category. We can work out of that relatively quickly with yep. you know minimal time and effort. You, know, you do have to put in some time and effort. It is, is not like magical pixie dust. But then we get to that balanced state and that is where longevity can occur yep. for decades. And we can swing faster, we can decrease losses relative to what we would normally lose as we age and that's truly uh, where we can play this game for for many 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 years yep you got awesome. it awesome thanks for being with me today Bobby and thanks uh, everybody you know thank you for listening uh, to the golf fitness bomb squad hopefully we diffused some uh, some of you out there that were about to explode uh, like I said we'll definitely we'll put the the link to the assessment in the uh, in, in the show notes it's it's free just go grab it so you can figure out which category you're it. at please do it um, and educate yourself on uh, where you can get better. So uh, thanks so much for the time and we'll, uh, we'll uh, be sure to be back uh, for the next exciting episode uh, with, with Bobby here. Uh, he's got a lot more research to share with us uh, over the upcoming uh, episodes. So thanks so much for being here. Cool. Thanks.
0: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
1: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success.
2: From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks,